Blog Talk Radio. Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, May the 30th, the day after Memorial Day, like we like to do once a week. We'll be chatting with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Lots to get into with Bill today. Uh, This controversy with the L.A. Dodgers, uh, the retail store, the beer company, I guess, other companies that are finding out that the public isn't uh, in a mood to go woke. Maybe uh, they need to... um, know their customers a little bit better. So we'll talk about that. Uh, There is a new debt limit deal. Nobody's happy, which probably means that it's going to pass, I guess, this week. Uh, Mr. DeSantis is in. Uh, Mr. Trump is in. A few others are in uh, as well. So just a lot of things going on. Let me say hello to our friend uh, Bill Katz, uh, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Bill, hopefully you had a good Memorial Day and had a chance to – Enjoy yourself and take a little rest. Well, uh, in, in a way, yes. I, I think it's, uh, uh, it's important to remember what Memorial Day stands for. And, and ironically, mm-hmm. I was quite pleased by, by many of the comments made. Uh, uh, the the entertainer, entertainers uh, shut up for a while. And I mm-hmm. think there was a, a sense of understanding what Memorial Day is. Maybe there is a bit of a movement back in the country toward more traditional beliefs. I don't know. We, we hear it periodically. But, the, but then the next day we hear that some university has shut down any student right. who disagrees, you know. So, um, but, uh, uh, I, you know, we, 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 it, it was a terrible Memorial Day weekend in Chicago. Uh, yes. The number of deaths was just staggering. This idiot who they elected as mayor, I don't know what is going on in the minds of the people of Chicago to put in office a man who was even further to the left of the woman he succeeded. And his, his, his ideas about crime are you know, from a different age. They're from the age of the 1960s. Uh, but they, they had a terrible, what was it, something like nine or 11 people murdered in Chicago. Right. Including and two children, seem... I believe, two. Yes. Uh, uh, as I saw, I may be wrong, but the news that I saw said uh, that there were um, two five-year-olds who were shot. Yes. And, of course, anytime you know you have the kind of mass shooting that we see in Chicago, you're going to hit children because they're just like shooting into a crowd and there's always going to be children, which is a shame. That's right. And and you, they, there doesn't seem to be... All that much anger. I mean, there is concern. I think the people of Chicago are concerned, but the, but the, uh, the, the 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 politicians, uh, instead of coming out in mass and expressing their outrage, kind of stay quiet. Uh, I I don't know what the future of Chicago is. Some people say it's going to become another Detroit. 
which is a city that never came back. Despite all the good efforts of very good people, Mm -hmm. uh, Detroit is still Detroit, and it probably never will restore. You know, it used to be a very glamorous city. At one right, time, right. there were uh, there, there were even national radio programs in the age of radio that originated in, in Detroit, including the Lone Ranger. And right. now it's, uh, it's it's Motor City, but Motor City isn't mo- really Motor City any longer because cars that Americans buy are manufactured all over the world, all over the United States, in fact. And mm-hmm. uh, Detroit is ki- kind of in the shadows. I I hope Chicago doesn't go in that direction, but I I fear that. There is not enough willpower on the part of the political class to solve the problems that it has. Yeah, well, there really isn't. Uh, otherwise, this man would have never been elected. Um, but as, as we have spoken before, the problem here is that when you have an event like this, 30 people shot, 37, um, I think I saw the headline. I mean, that normally that would be a front-page story. That would be the story of of the weekend, you know, of but course. it seems like, uh, in, in this city, apparently it doesn't do that bill. And I'm, I'm going to say something, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe it's because it doesn't fit the narrative. Having black people kill each other, I guess just doesn't fit the narrative bill. No, it doesn't. It's, and, and, you know, we're told black lives matter, uh, and they, and they should, there's nothing wrong with that phrase, but all black lives should matter. And you, you have a situation where, uh, politically today, the only time a black life matters is if, is if it's taken by a white. Otherwise, there is there is very little comment about it, and that is you you can't run a country or a city that way. And uh, uh, you know this is a city, Chicago, that has had a crime problem for decades. Uh, it did not respond the way New York did in the late uh, 1980s and early 1990s, when uh, the the city made a determined and successful effort. To put a real dent in crime, the murder rate was the murder rate was uh, reduced by 80 percent under Rudy Giuliani, Giuliani and Mike Bloomberg, and under some terrific police commissioners. And in Chicago, it just doesn't happen. And uh, you you have to look at the the kind of leadership Chicago has. You have to look at the kind of leadership the black communities of Chicago have. And uh, you wonder why a city that really has so much creativity just can't seem to get its act together. And as you know, uh, companies are now leaving Chicago and big companies and important companies, and they don't care because the, 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 the people running the city are left-wingers. Basically, they're on the political left. They don't care if companies leave. They, they don't like them either in any way. So right. I, don't know what, I don't know what the future of that city can be. Well, it cannot be a good future, I'll say that much, no. because... Um, Although it, it's interesting, and, and this morning they had a report from Chicago where they were interviewing a, a minister who was pretty angry at the situation, saying, you know, we, I'm paraphrasing, but he was sort of saying, you know, we keep shooting each other and nobody does anything about it. Um, but I, I just think that there's a, maybe an apathy on the part of the people who live there who have simply resigned themselves to this, and they said, you know, we we don't care. We're just going to keep on going on. And uh, you have this phenomenon where people are moving out. The people who are creating jobs or paying taxes are moving out. My question about the city of Chicago, Bill, has always been, where in the world is the governor? Because yes. you have, uh, you know, uh, your your 
your crown city, if you will, in the state of Illinois, your crown city, that's where, you know, that's your big city there, the known all over the world, the headquarters of many companies. You would think that the governor would be interested in, in I don't know, controlling this situation. I mean, I, I, that's, you know, that's, that's the thing that always amazes me about the governors of these uh, states, whether it's Illinois, whether it's New York, whether it's California, whether it's Washington, Oregon, Minnesota, these governors just don't seem to care about the crime bill. Maybe it's because it doesn't affect them politically. They keep winning the vote of the people who are shot every weekend, uh, Bill. Well, I think that the governor of uh, Illinois, a rather wealthy man named Pritzker, who uh, whose name is on many institutions in uh, in uh, Chicago, uh, a very very philanthropic family. But I think the governor of Illinois wants to be president someday, and he doesn't want to antagonize the local leaders who can help get him there. Uh, the uh, I don't think he has any real chance of becoming president, uh, but I think that it's it exists in his mind. Uh, the states around uh, uh, Illinois are actually doing pretty well. It's Illinois that's the sick man of the Midwest. And of course, the sick man of the Midwest is sick because its largest city is sick. And just as here in, in New York, I mean, uh, New York is, is as a city is in terrible condition. Uh, it has not yet apparently affected the rest of the state, but it can affect the rest of the state. Uh, I don't know if New York financially can sustain a recession. I really don't. I think that if the if the economy really begins to tank, uh, New York could could uh, go essentially into bankruptcy. It really mm-hmm. depends. It depends this state on the income from Wall Street. Wall Street is the main financial backer of New York State. If Wall Street should go under, uh, should there be a terrible recession, uh, I think that you, you will find that uh, the, the state can become very, very wobbly. Look, you have California, the largest state, obviously, which is now in deeply in debt this year, a much greater debt than they thought, mm-hmm. and, even, and, and they're talking about reparations. Right. Uh, the, finally, the governor had to, had to wake them up and say, look, you know, uh, he, he, he thanked the reparations panel, but he did not commit himself to any reparations. I mean, this is that, that discussion is almost childlike. And I don't know who is going to finally t- you know, tell the truth to the African-American community that there probably will never be any reparations. There may be some programs. But the left wing does not care about anything else but its current agenda. And if the state mm-hmm. goes under, they, they won't care. They, they will not blame uh, the governor. They, they will not blame the left wing of the Democratic Party. They'll blame the Republicans. Right. Well, the people who need reparations in California are the taxpayers uh, yes, so that absolutely. they can so that they can maybe come back uh, to the state. And maybe they maybe they should say that they should come up with reparations. Well, you know, we'll refund you all, you know, half of the money or whatever if you come back. Um, but yes, yes, they have a big they have a big problem out there. I think it's thirty one billion dollar problem. That's a big problem. I don't care how big California is. Thirty one billion dollars is a lot of money to make up, especially when you're already taxing people as much as they are. And yes. cutting programs obviously is not going to be. Not going to be easy, but this is the thing, Bill. That that I want the point that I wanted to make early today is that 
it, it seems like, and this is on, I think this is an indictment on President Biden. It just seems like the country is not functioning. That, you know, right. if, if, if you had gone to Mars 10 years ago, let's say you had been living in another planet, uh, you went up there, let's say, in 2010 or whatever, and you came back, and you walk around, you would say, wait a minute, did I come back to the United States? Or did I go back? Did I go to another planet or something? Is there a an Earth, another Earth in the universe that I came to? Because things just don't make any sense. And what you're talking about, crime in the cities, you you would think that that's the number one responsibility of government. And if government yes. was not fulfilling that responsibility at the local level, at the state level, that we would have a president who would pick up the phone and call the governor of Illinois and say, look, you know, this can't go on. Either you do it or I will do it. I will just go over your head and do it. But apparently we don't have that, uh, Bill. We just don't have that in the White House right now, and not just in this issue, but so many others that we're going to get into today, Bill. You're absolutely correct. I mean, look, you, you just look at the political situation we have. We have a president of the United States who is obviously impaired, and we have a press that covers for him, uh, despite the fact that, that he, he isn't really kind of in the real world. We have a vice president who is grossly underqualified for the job and one heartbeat away from the presidency. And an understanding that if, if, if Biden actually does run and is elected with her on the ticket, that she will become president. Because I, no one really thinks he's going to last another four years. That's a terrible situation for a country to be in, and yet the Democratic Party is sanguine about it. Uh, they don't seem to care very much about it. The only issue that seems to wake the, the Democratic Party up is abortion. Uh, mm-hmm. The Republican Party, I think, the Republican Party, I think, is more centered on reality, on what the real problems of the country are. But they're going to have a primary now that's going to consist of more candidates than there are citizens of the country. I mean, just the same thing that happened the first time Trump ran. It'll be Trump and everybody else, and that everybody else may very well do exactly what happened uh, in Trump's first race, and that is they will divide the vote, and uh, Trump will slip through to another nomination at the very same time. And this has never happened before in American history. At the same time, he's under indictment for serious offenses. Now, whether those indictments are fair or, or, or political... Uh, in, in, in the end may not make any difference. I mean, his supporters will still support him. His opponents will still oppose him. I've never seen a situation like this. We did have a, a feeling of malaise, as President Carter put it, in the late 1970s. I think it was a delayed reaction to Vietnam. But we had people in the wings who could do the job. And we had, fortunately, Ronald Reagan who could do the job. And uh, I think Reagan's election was one of the great nation-saving events of American history. I think he really did, in many respects, save the country. And yes. then the rest, we, the rest of the history we can, we can talk about. I don't see anybody on the horizon who has Reagan's political abilities, his personality, uh, the kind of a man who could rally the country. I certainly think some of the leading Republicans could do so because they have the ability to do so. But in the Democratic Party, I mean, you, you, there is not a single person mentioned 
for the presidency who would be, be, really be a national figure who could unite the nation. It is the, the party is run from its political left, and that mm-hmm. is one of the great tragedies of our time. There, there is opportunity in America right now, and I'm no, usually not in favor of third parties, but there is an opportunity for a third way that I've never seen in my lifetime, and yet nobody is taking up the mantle. Well, there is some talk that, you know, there may be a, uh, a Joe Manchin, uh, that, that he could be the, the third party candidate. Yes. I, I don't know if he can actually if he can actually do it. I mean, he may win a few states. He's not going to win West Virginia, though, from the, <laughs> the polls yeah, that is. I'm looking at. He's in deep trouble in his home state. But I just, you know, I, I remember the, the Carter years quite well. And yes, there was a sense of malaise. Yes, there was a sense that things, that the train was off track. But I don't remember, honestly, I don't remember anything like now. Because now it just seems like, you know, the train is not just off track. It's going down the hill. I mean, it, it's That's really right. crazy, the stuff that that we are seeing. And, you know, I, I just, I, I don't believe it. And I have not been away for 10 years, Bill. You know, I've been here for the last 10 years, and there are things that I just don't believe, you know, what, what what's going on. And, I mean, this, these companies going woke and completely disrespecting their customers is something that I wouldn't have believed this 10 years ago, five years ago. The idea that a baseball team like the Dodgers would hold a would hold an event. I mean, I personally don't care if they want to do gay pride. Night. I really don't care about that. I mean, it's not my orientation, but if they want to do that one night during the season, I really don't care about that. But when you go much further than than just having gay pride, when you are inviting a group completely identified with mocking the Catholic religion, including going into a mass and doing what they do, mocking nuns and mocking priests and mocking the sacraments of of the Catholic Church, Bill, that's beyond anything that that should be tolerated. And 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 again, we have a Catholic in the White House. Wouldn't it be a wonderful opportunity yes. for him to settle this, Bill? Yes, it would be. But they just don't care. They they don't care. They uh, the, the I I want to know who the power is here. Who who is is either pressuring the the uh, Brooklyn the Los Angeles mm-hmm. Dodgers to do this. Uh, or or pressuring uh, uh, other people to pressure the, the Dodgers, they could have they could have got, gotten rid of this problem very very early, and they didn't. Uh, it's obvious to me they are afraid of somebody or of some mm-hmm. group, and that group may be the, the the woke crowd, and maybe they're afraid that if they pull the invitation to this uh, objectionable group, that they will have demonstrations, that they will have disrupted games. Maybe they are afraid, and maybe, the, maybe that threat has been made. I'm, I'm entirely speculating here. But, I, I mean, you make a mistake like that, you can correct it very quickly. Their answer, apparently, is they're going to have a, um, a, a prayer night right, right, uh, right, to, right. to recognize right. the fact that there, were Christ, that there were Christians in America. I mean, this is the kind of thing Walter O'Malley would never have done, as bad right. as he was, the SOB. But he, he would understand you don't do things like this. I, I cannot understand why these companies, and you, you've asked the same question just a minute ago, are getting so involved in politics? What's in it for them? That's right. Well, especially, Bill, when, when you look at the, I mean, you look at the numbers. 
uh, the the so-called LGBT. What, what, what? So many letters, I can hardly keep yeah, that's up right, with them. Yeah. But, that's right. Yeah. But but you know the the most most people are not on that side of the orientation, if I could put it that way. The ones that I've had a chance to know over the years or done business with are are very normal people who just happen to have a different orientation than I do, but they're not in your face. I mean, they're not That's like, exactly right. you know, you're not talking to them over a business deal and they're bringing up their sexual orientation any more than I bring it up when I'm talking to somebody over a business deal. It seems like, uh, you know, over the years, we, we sort of learned how to deal with that. And the way you deal with it is that you respect the other person. You don't agree with it, but you respect it. The other thing that I was taught from an early age, and I'm sure you were taught the same thing, Bill, is that you never make fun of anybody's religion. You just That's never. Right. I mean, you can crack it. I mean, look, I, I, I'm going to be honest. There are a lot of Spanish jokes uh, about religious, but they're 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 just humor. I mean, there's nothing mean yes. by it. It's That's just right. humor. I mean, it's not. You know, nobody is 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 hates them or anything like that. But it's just, but I I was always taught that you respect somebody's religion. So, for example, many times. I've been invited to go to a Baptist church uh, with friends who invited me to go, uh, not because they were trying to convert me, but because there was an event or something in, in, their, in, their, in their church. So I went, you know, my wife and I went, you know, we, we watched it, we sat through it. It's a little different, yes, than the Catholic Mass, but, but I always felt that I had to respect that religion, that I, I had a responsibility to respect it, just as I expected them to respect my religion when they came to our mass. And I think 99% of the people do that, Bill, except these little groups who get all this attention. And I yes. am convinced, you, you mentioned who's behind it. I am convinced that these executives, somebody has told them that if you don't do this, you're going to have a 1,000 people, and it's probably about no more than that, a 1,000 people are going to show up at the Dodgers' offices or they're going to show up at the... At the I don't know, maybe at the general manager's home with signs, you know, saying you're homophobic. And I guess the Dodgers don't want that. So in order to avoid this little protest, they annoy all their fans. That's the part that I don't get, Bill. That's right. And I suspect also that they're being threatened with lawsuits. That, you know, I mean, if if you don't do this, there's going to be a big demonstration. Somebody's going to get hurt. You're going to have lawsuits. Uh, We have people we can't control. Uh, that that I think that what you just said is very wise. That 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 they uh, they live in fear. I mean, it's inconceivable to me that that some of these big companies like Target don't realize what some of these movements actually stand for. I mean, they're not that stupid. They may be stupid, but they're not that stupid. I I, I think that Target is, is boy, their stock has really gone down, and their image has gone down, and it's very hard to rebuild an image. Extremely hard. Uh, I mean, I used to think of Target as, you know, kind of a, an accessory store. You, you, you know, have all, the, all these little departments, go and find what you want. Now I think it is completely identified with this mess, just as the Bud Light is completely identified with it. Yeah, I mean, that's it. And, and they, they have upset most of their clientele who, as I say, I, you know, I personally, I mean, don't care. If Bud Light wants to, let's say, uh, have a promotion for 
for, let's say, homosexual people or gay people, whatever the right word is. I mean, I'm willing to tolerate a lot of things, but not to the extent that these companies are going. The other thing, too, and I tell you, the the mothers in the country are pretty angry, Bill. Once again, you know, I, I remember you saying something last year, Bill, during the campaign, that it's not a very good strategy to make the angry the mothers angry, right? That's not no. a good political strategy. Uh, and they, and they see and they seem to be pursuing that strategy yes. even more today. They they right. they they double they've doubled down. Yeah, so you would you would think that, you know, considering the the fact and I think this is true of most households, the mother is usually the one who spends the money. The mother is the one who goes to Target to buy, you know, things for their kids. Uh at least that's the way it's it's in my house. I mean, my wife is the one that does all that shopping. And so the last thing in the world I want to do is make her angry by walking into a store and seeing, you know, LGTB, whatever it's called, uh, yes. outfits for little children. Now, what, what, why bring in little children, Bill? I, you know, that's I have the no other, idea. It's just crazy, this stuff. And, and you, have to, you, have to, you have to wonder, you know, they're sitting there in their marketing meeting, and some little smart person who just graduated from a woke university says, you know, we really need to expand our market base here. And the way to do it is by appealing to the LGBT crowd with children. And that yes. nobody raises their hand and say, wait a minute, what do you want to do? That's not our market. Well, that, well that's it. I mean, I mean, I think as soon as you bring in children, you're in a very dangerous zone. You know, people will kill for their children. Uh, the, and, and referring to mothers who go to school board meetings as domestic terrorists didn't help either. I mean, <laughs> uh, that was not a good idea. That was a very bad not idea. Not a good idea. And now in California, they're pursuing that. that. I mean, that's that is what they're pursuing. They they have this new ethnic studies curriculum in California. Uh, uh, it, basically, it's an anti-American curriculum, and they will not back down. Uh, I think that the the far left believes that there is. They believe like defeated Nazi generals believe that out there there were additional troops right. that we don't know right. about that are suddenly going to come in. Either that or they believe that they're going to steal the election next year. You know, we haven't right. talked about that. The possibility that they feel the Democratic Party is sufficiently adept that uh, we, we're going to win no matter who we put up. But I, you, so this is the kind of thing you just don't expect of America. And what I think m many people are not saying, and that especially of people at, at places like CNN, is that each day in Washington, along Massachusetts Avenue, the people who work in those foreign embassies are sending back their impressions of the United States. And you can mm -hmm. only imagine what they're sending back. A country right. that allows cities to burn, that allows its crime to get out of control, that allows rioting, and now is trying to impose new sexuality on children. Is this the country we want to depend on? And I do right. think you're beginning to see a foreign reaction that countries are sort of distancing themselves a little bit from the United States. Yes, and, and of course the, the people in, in Washington, D.C., they don't even have to look at the papers. All they have to do is see the crime in their own city. I mean, <laughs> the city That's of right. Washington, it, 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 it's a mess with respect to with respect to crime, but no, th this is this is amazing to me. When I see the country, I just want to make one more point about these uh, these uh, companies that are doing this. Um, these are supposed to be, um, you know, we were told uh, very intelligent people with business acumen, you know, MBAs, 
people who really understood their marketing strategy. I mean, this is what we always assumed, you know, that these large companies would hire the best and the brightest. Uh, well, they may be the best and the brightest, but they're awfully stupid because they don't know who their customer is, Bill. Well, that's it. I think we're a country of several countries. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's the, 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 the TV entertainment industry, uh, woke university country, and then there's the rest of us. And I really mm-hmm. do believe we are now divided into those countries. I'm not so sure we can ever heal those divisions. I, I really don't, because you have a generation or even more of young people brought up in a very different kind of history that we were taught a very different kind of belief system, and I don't know mm-hmm. who's going to teach them the opposite. I don't know who teaches them the opposite. Right. No, I agree. I, I think it's it's a very scary situation because, you know, the, the if you're under 25, you learned a different history of the United States than I did. I mean, I learned uh, the, the history that, yeah, I, I learned that George Washington had slaves, but I learned a bunch of other things, too, about the man. That yes, were a lot right. more important, really, in the overall, his overall contribution to, to the country. Bill, let's take a little break. Lots more to get into with our friend Bill after this. Silvio Canto in Dallas uh, on Monday, May the 30th, chatting with our friend, or Tuesday, I should say. <laughs> it feels like Monday, Bill. <laughs> Tuesday, <laughs> May, May the 30th, uh, chatting with our friend Bill Katz. Bill, this is a historical note. I just want to briefly mention it. Uh, uh, you, may, you may have read this today in the news that on this day in 1922, they dedicated the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, yes. D.C. So that would have been... 35, 20, 57 years after President Lincoln was assassinated. And, yeah, it's a long time. Most people were, uh, you know, who did, most of the people who went to the, the, the ceremony obviously were not even alive during that time. But one man did make it, and I thought this was really fascinating. His son, Robert, Robert Lincoln, did make it to the inauguration of his father's monument. I thought that was fantastic, Bill. Yes, yes. Well, Robert was the only uh, Lincoln child, I believe, mm-hmm. who survived yes. to adulthood. And, That's right. Uh, he, he became a very rich guy. He, he was a lawyer for the railroads. I don't think he necessarily was in his father's political tradition. I mean, um, there, was no wanting, there was no wanting of Robert. I mean, right, I, I, right. Don't, I don't know of any attempt. He, uh, he also, I believe... Uh, was present at two. I think he I, was the he Robert Lincoln who was present. Yes, present at two presidential assassinations. I think oh, uh, Garfield. Okay. And, I think he was present at both Garfield's and McKinley. He, he had uh, some high government jobs uh, for a time, mm. and I think he then. I think he then stayed away from government. But um, yes, he he did, and uh, there was an Abraham Lincoln the uh, second, who was buried at Arlington Cemetery in Washington. Um, and uh, I think uh, 
Was he the son of Robert Lincoln? I believe, and he died at about the age of seventeen. Yeah. While on well, a trip, the only a trip thing I, 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 yeah, the only thing I saw today was Robert Lincoln was born in 1843, so that yes. means he was 57 plus 22. That means he would have been 79 years old uh, at this moment, uh, at this in our, at this dedication of the monument, and at that time. You know, 79 is not what it is today because of all the medical stuff that we have. Right. So he, he right. was an older man, you know, relatively speaking. Today, 79, well, he's, he was younger than President, <laughs> President Biden. So, I mean, yes. So, so I mean, uh, people do live a little bit longer now than they did back there, then. But I just thought it was fascinating. It's another point, too, that they made about this, uh, the, this uh, monument bill is that a lot of these monuments were built to heal the Civil War. That yes. the idea was that hey, let's heal the civil war. Let's not continue dividing the country. I just thought that was interesting. Well, yes. Well, there were attempts at West Point. There is a monument to uh, West Pointers who uh, I believe died in the Civil War or fought in the Civil War, and around mm-hmm. it, it is surrounded by uh, ceremonial rifles that are stuck into the ground, though they're stone now. Of course, obviously, mm. it's a monument. But that was to symbolize that Americans would never fire on each other again. So there mm. were attempts to... There yeah. were attempts. Um, one of the things that held up those efforts, unfortunately, was the fact that the, the racial attitudes in the South did right. not change. And I, I think it held back a, a great deal of progress that could have been made. But yes, the, the, look, the, the, and the Lincoln Memorial stands in Washington. I don't know how long it'll stand. I, I don't know how long the Jefferson Memorial will stand. I think mm-hmm. there's going to be an attempt uh, in future years to uh, either modify that memorial or to take it down altogether. Uh, it's, it's just frightening. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's like a dictatorship where they just change the people at will, you know, right. <laughs> this monument comes down, another one goes up. But um, the Lincoln Memorial has always been, since its inception, uh, a kind of neutral place. I mean, people have mm-hmm. left it alone for the most part. Uh, I think it is the most beautiful memorial in Washington. Uh, there are others that uh, have never achieved that, that uh, status, in part because of its location the old rule of, of real estate, location, location, location. Right. It is at one, it's at one end of the mall, uh, and the Capitol is at the other end of the mall. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was in the CIA, often going down to uh, the mall, to, to the different uh, memorials and museums. It was, it's, Washington, when it's at its best, is a wonderful place. Sadly, it is today just absolutely engulfed in crime. Right. No, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible, Washington, D.C., People who've been there tell me that, that it's, it's a, you know, you, you go there with this expectation that you're going to go to the capital of the country and, well, you do see the capital of the country and the monuments, but you walk two blocks in any, any direction and you're scared to death, Bill, because That's uh, right. the, the situation is absolutely horrible. Before we get to one of the big topics there in New York uh, about this graduation speech that I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, uh, what do you think of Black Lives Matter having all kinds of money problems. This is really it's not a surprise <laughs> that this is happening as far as I'm concerned, because I think that I always felt that the people running this organization had had anything, had other objectives. It was not promoting the life of black people in the United States. 
But my goodness, uh, I wonder if they're going to be investigated by the IRS, all the money that has gone in. And here's the other thing, talking about companies, I wonder how many shareholders are going to sue their board of directors and say, hey, what happened to the $10, $20, 30000000 million that we gave that organization? Where, what happened to it, Bill? Well, that is what should happen. There should be two uh, uh, shareholder suit, suits, but I, I don't know if there will be. As far mm-hmm. as uh, an IRS investigation, I wouldn't bet anything on that. I think that no, the no. power of the, the left-wing lobbies is so strong that they will just say, forget about it. Now, I know that the, a couple of months ago there was a story that California and Oregon, I believe, or was it California and Washington, one of those two, we're trying to track down the leaders of Black Lives Matter because each year, as a nonprofit, they have to file certain papers to right. remain a nonprofit, and they couldn't find them. And now we're told they're, they're almost bankrupt. Yes, where did all that money go, and who did it go to? I saw mm-hmm. another story just yesterday that the head of Black Lives Matter, uh, Colors, uh, I believe that was her name, C-U-L-L-E-R-S, right. I believe, had a deal, an actual movie deal with Warner <laughs> Brothers. That was, as if she was a movie maker that has now been canceled because she didn't produce anything, but was paid. I mean, it is a, a racket of, of rackets, and yet right. I'm not so sure you will even see on news programs anything in depth about that organization. I think the 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 fear is so great that if you say anything, you will be called a racist. And you know, this is this is uh, somebody said said ye- yesterday on the air, and who was it? It was one of the better known commentators. This is like a new McCarthy era. Jonathan Turley, so. I think it was Jonathan Professor Tur- Jonathan yes, it, Turley. Yes, it was. Yes, who it said, was. Who said that? I, I'm pretty sure that he said that because he was talking in yes. general. And you're right. And he's been a you know he's a he's a good man, Professor Turley. And he's right. I mean, if you criticize it, you're automatically doing it for racial reasons. Uh, And yes, and nobody wants to hear that, which is, again, kind of goes back to what we were saying before about these woke or not the companies being woke, but their practices being woke. They're afraid of that if they don't, you know, if they don't do something that people are going to march in front of their office. But when I see when I see the story (laughs) about Black Lives Matterville and I see the the reaction uh, to Senator Tim Scott from some in the left, including those two ladies on The View, I don't know how I don't know how anybody can take that show seriously anymore. Yeah, I, I, I think I when Barbara Walters was there, at least it was serious. But now it's just nothing but a. I mean, it's just a well, just a nonsense. But they were talking about Senator Scott saying, "Well, yeah, he he says that you should bring up you know bring up yourself and work hard, but he's the exception because of systemic racism." And it's like they don't want to give Tim Scott credit for anything, Bill. No, absolutely not. They consider him a traitor. Uh, he is not part of the club. Uh, I, I, uh, I think he, I, I've said before, I think of all the Republican candidates, he is the one who has a chance of breaking through. And, and race does have something to do with it. He is the only African-American, to the best of my knowledge, and he is such a good guy and uh, such a good senator and such a role model for others. You would think a man like that would be boosted. Uh, but uh, you, you listen to the commentators, they say, well, he hasn't got any chance at all. I don't know. I, th- I think once, once the debates start, the debates, after all, are going to start in August. I mm-hmm. think Fox is holding the first one. I don't know how they're going to be organized. I don't, I, I don't know if, if you 
automatically are in the debates if you're a registered candidate or you have to score a certain amount in the polls to be in the debates. But they've, what they've got to do as a party is to get the majority of those people off the stage so there can be a real debate among those who have an actual chance. That's a risky proposition, but it has to be done because right. the uh, uh, you know, I, I look ahead in the next year, and I don't make predictions, but it almost by definition, it's going to be a very tumultuous year politically. Uh, yes. the, the, the first question is, will Joe Biden actually be the Democratic candidate? Uh, you know, it was Steve Forbes a few days ago who said he he would bet on on Biden not being the candidate. Right, and That's I, what he I said, think he yeah. may be right. I think he may. Well, be all you have Biden. to do is look at the man. Look at him. Yes. I mean, yes. you don't have to be a doctor to figure this out, Bill. You don't no. even have to be a political opponent to figure it out. I think a lot of Democrats are are figuring it out. But I, I still think I still think. And again, six months is a long time, and and this is a. It's a tough business to make predictions, but I, I still think that Tim Scott could end up being vice president, either with Trump or yes. DeSantis. Mm-hmm. That's what yes. I think. If I had to, if I had to bet a cup of coffee, and that's all I bet, that's what I would say that he's probably going to be the the vice president. He would make a wonderful uh, a wonderful vice presidential uh, candidate. And of course, if Trump is the nominee, something that we're going to have to say. And that is that is going to be 78 if he were to yes. walk back into the White House. And look, he That's looks right. in pretty good health, but 78 is 78, Bill, when you're talking about the president. That's right. Uh, the, the question would be, could he serve out? To, well, he well he doesn't have the issue of two terms because he's already served no. a term. So he, he would only yeah. have an opportunity to serve one term. That will be used against him, I'm sure. Uh, and legitimately, you know, they said, do you want to elect a man who can only serve one term? Uh, I, you know, Trump here again. Well, DeSantis, have, uh, Bill, pardon me for interrupting you, but DeSantis is already saying that. Already, yes. I, I, already yeah, I, I, saw, I heard DeSantis say that he would serve two terms if he was president. Yes. And that's, yes, and that's uh, you know, he didn't, that's kind of an indirect way of saying he won't, you know. <laughs> well, that's right. Uh, well, and, and of course, Trump can't. Trump can't. Right. Uh, the, um, I, I wonder though, hmm, I wonder if Trump were elected. Now, here's an interesting question. And three months before his term ends, or no, a year before his term ends, he resigns. Hmm. And so he's not, he's not for, served two complete terms. I wonder if he would be eligible to run again. Well, you know, with Trump, anything is possible, Bill. So yes. that's I, uh, I've come to the conclusion that with him, anything is possible, including running two more terms. You'll figure out some way of saying that it doesn't apply to him because the 2020 election was stolen. So he'll, <laughs> he'll figure out some way of, of, of uh, saying that he's going to serve two terms. But let me, let me ask you, because uh, I, I really want to talk about this. Is this a graduation speech or whatever yeah. it was, a uh, speech in uh, – and I think it was CNYU, I think, or C- one of the... Uh, uh, CUNY, a City CUNY. University of New York, has right. a law school. That, law school. Uh, a law school that is slightly to the left of Lenin. Okay. I mean, it's, they, really, they really are way out in left field. And this so they decided, the to, they decided to bring in a, 
a disciple of Lenin to give a graduation speech, Bill? Well, oh no, no, she was a, she was a graduate. She was, she she's graduating this year, and okay. and they they I think I think by tradition at that school, the one of the graduates is uh, delivers the address, and the other mm. graduates decide who it is. Well, I mean, in that school, you're going to get a real left wing speech anyway, but this went beyond all reason. Because it ha- it had elements of anti-Semitism, it had elements of uh, anti-white racism, it had elements, uh, I mean, many elements of anti-Americanism, and people made the point that th- this is a city university. It, it is paid for by the taxpayers of the city and the state of New York, and many people are up in arms and they say this is not what we're paying for. You know, mm-hmm. to have this kind of thing go on, uh, there is an understanding that, you know, she has the right of free speech, but that right does not include her right to an audience. Uh, there's no requirement that she be given a, a platform and that the platform they feel as the people who finance the school was inappropriate. Uh, now, there have been plenty of problems at that school before uh, because of its very, very strong Marxist orientation mm-hmm. but this one this one really it, it really hit a nerve because she went so far and and actually called for a revolution now right. calling for a revolution i think if good lawyers looked at it they could ask the question is she inciting violence which is <laughs> that's not right that's right yes, but nothing yes. will happen i mean you know it's over now and it's a, it's a three or four day story there are some organizations that are going to continue and are going to uh, apparently confront City University. City University is not what it used to be. It used to be, when I was growing up, it was basically City College, uh, Mm -hmm. called CCNY, City College of New York. It was known as the poor man's Harvard uh, because Mm -hmm. people who couldn't afford an Ivy League school or were kept out for ethnic reasons uh, would go to City. Uh, I mean, some very prominent people, Colin Powell went there, Henry Kissinger, went there many others some who've gone on to uh, to great to great fame but that is the city college of new york of 50 years ago uh that that's gone uh it, it as soon as the left-wing era began in the 1960s they basically destroyed the school they had what they call open admissions city was hard to get into to get into city was a phrase in new york and you had to have, you know, at least in the upper 80s, an average in the upper 80s to, quote, get into city. But they destroyed all that. They destroyed the standards. They destroyed the admissions requirements. It became an open admissions school. The quality went way down. Uh, the uh, quality of the student body went way down. They have tried to rebuild it uh, under the guidance, uh, ironically, of the, uh, the late Congressman Herman Badillo, who became an educator after he left uh, Congress. He was the first Puerto Rican uh, congressman and uh, a chancellor of the school system uh, named uh, Matthew Goldstein. And they eliminated this open admissions business. They tried to stiffen the standards, but it will never be what it used to be. I mean, it used to be one of the great intellectual centers of uh, American universities. Uh, the, um, uh, the people who really wanted an intellectual education would go to City College. That is no longer the case. Uh, no. The, uh, and, the, and the City University is now militantly left-wing, very anti-Israel, which is uh, in New, in New right, York right. is a, a, a big issue. Uh, and, um, and basically run by people who spend a great deal of their time uh, running down the country. 
And I think maybe this speech has finally gotten to people, and there are going to be some questions asked. Well, I hope so, because I thought the speech was totally inappropriate, and the attacking the police, when the mayor is a former police officer, that's kind of uh, in your face. But I just think that this is where, you know, I mentioned before uh, about the country. This is exactly the kind of opportunity where a president would say, you know, I'm sorry, that's too much. You know, yes. a, a personally would a president. Well, he, the president is the only one who can do something like that. The governor can do it, yes, but the president is the one person who can say, we don't speak like that at a graduation. I'm sorry. I denounce everything you said. And and then the president can just challenge her, the, challenge the speaker and denounce what uh, every racist thing that, uh, I guess it was a woman, I guess, who spoke, whatever she said, Bill. Uh, yes. Uh, well, the, I think the mayor made an attempt at that. He said, I delivered a very different kind of speech. He, sp- oh, he spoke at the law school also, and he was booed by the students. And here is a black mayor. Uh, they stood and they, they turned their backs on him uh, because I think he was a former cop. I mean, that's how left-wing the school is. But he he said something about it should be a time of unity. Uh, I the The school itself... I, I don't believe has made any definitive statement. Uh, the White House certainly has not. Uh, I don't think any alumni association has. The faculty is scared to death at, at City. It's a real left-wing faculty. If you get out of line, you're finished. So I don't know how far it will go, but I'm hoping that the power of the purse might apply here and that some uh, some alumni will will organize a boycott, a, a, a boycott of giving to the school. Uh, and maybe if we had a different government in Albany, they, there could be a budgetary issue. But the government in Albany is is left wing. The, the governor of the state of New York is left wing. Uh, the, uh, uh, the the education department are left wing. I think they're right now pretty much immune. The one thing they're not immune to, by the way, and this is interesting, is that they are not immune to federal uh, to federal action. There is a, a story that the Department of Education is conducting an investigation of City University over anti-Semitism because that is now included in the federal standards to receive federal aid. That you you know you have to be uh, to follow the federal rules on on bigotry and prejudice and inclusion. So there there could be a federal solution if if DeSantis became president. Right. I have no doubt that uh, City University would be in some trouble. Well, and this is uh, you know wrapping up uh, today. Uh, you kind of took me to my next point. This is uh, why I think the next election is so critical, and that's why it's so oh, yes. important that that the next president is a Republican president. We're already seeing some of the great things coming out of the Supreme Court. This week, the Supreme Court basically, you know, shut down the EPA and said, you know, you can't just do whatever you want to do. You can only do what the Congress tells you to do. And and in this decision that they that they, they did about the water, definition of water or whatever, uh, in the Western states. And it seems to me that that's, we are one presidency away from really putting the country back on track. I really believe oh, that. Oh, I think so. Because, I, and I fully agree with that. And, and so if you most... had a president who was willing to, to challenge, and particularly a Republican Senate and a Republican House, who was willing to say to this university in New York, no, you're, gonna do, you're not going to do that anymore, because if you do, the check's not coming. 
I think that uh, the fear of not having a check, look at these companies and what's happening to them economically. How would you like to be a shareholder in that retail company or in the beer company, Bill? I don't think you would. Yes. Yes, I assume that beer company is going to have to sell its horses, those, those beautiful right. horses, just to get I know, money. They're to going to have stop. to put them in auction and say, you know, buy a horse, you know. But what a shame, because those horses always meant something great about the country, you know. Oh, yes. And now yes, that, well, that poor company, what a mess. Well, well, you know, it is. And, you know, what's interesting is, is what a beer company is the last company a type of company you'd expect to get into trouble because they right. knew guys go into a bar at night and right. uh, after work, who is going to order Bud Light? And right. who's going to say, give me a Bud Light? <laughs> the other guys are going to start anymore. staring at the... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you I think a... that... You, that you're, no, you're exactly right. I, I think these these people have put the... But again, it all goes back to what we said before. You know, where was the common sense? When they were oh, sitting yes. there planning this stuff out, uh, it just doesn't. There's no common sense whatsoever in the management of these companies. You know, they were supposed to be the best and the brightest. Well, uh, they're not turning out to be very bright. I'll tell you that, Bill. No, not at all. I, I think. Uh, uh, well, you know, when when the stock market when the stock starts to get affected, and that's happened to Target. Uh, maybe they will come around because the, as you said, the shareholders might get a little angry. Well, they should. I, I mean, look at the Dodgers. I mean, an organization, somebody made the joke the other day that this is not Tommy Lasota's Dodgers or that no. uh, Vince Scully was another another figure, too. But, he, of course, Tommy Lasota passed away. But you wonder how he would have reacted to this. I, I don't think Lasota would have dressed up that day, Bill. No, he wouldn't. And and, and Leo DeRocha definitely wouldn't. The, <laughs> the old... <laughs> I mean, the old right. boys that I know, <laughs> right. definitely not. No. Well, some players but, don't want to. I mean, some, some players are are being very critical, and I think if I was a Major League Baseball player, that I would be talking to the union saying, what does this have to do with us playing ball? You know, our right. mission yes. is to, to fill the seats, put the best team that we can on the ground, and if people have political differences, talk about it, but they're not at the stadium, Bill. <laughs> That's right. Well, well, it's 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 also silly. But let's see what happens now in the next few weeks. Whether um, attendance at the Dodger games goes down, uh, or, and whether well, their we'll their, uh, and whether their TV ratings go down, um, I I hope that they will not make this kind of mistake again. I would imagine that some players on the Dodgers may even put on some kind of a religious demonstration. I, it wouldn't shock me, and they would have no, to allow it. it. Well, yeah. If you remember, a few, a few. I think it was last season. Uh, they had a game in Tampa Bay, and they decided to to do something or wear something uh, on their jerseys, uh, the baseball jerseys, promoting uh, same-sex marriage. And some of the Latin players said, "No, I can't do that. I, I cannot wear that." Yeah. And they got away yeah. with it. The, the owner owners couldn't force them to do it. Well, Bill, lots to talk about, but not enough time as always. But I do want to thank you so much for for. Uh, I, I never thought we would t- be talking about the Dodgers in this context. I guess I. That's right. You know, I just uh, for some reason it never occurred to me that we'd be talking about the Dodgers in 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 the context that we did today. But I guess maybe someday we can go back to the old Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, that was a lot well, more fun, I think. 
a, a great deal more, and they didn't get into this kind of trouble. No, they didn't. They were smarter. The, they understood yes. that their most important objective was to put a team on Ebbets Field, on the field. That That's was their exactly objective. right. And if you want to argue politics, hey, do it, uh, do it on your own. But it, it, it still amazes me that more and more companies don't don't figure that out. I mean, I'm not an expert. I don't have an MBA, and I know that uh, companies ought to stay away from politics. So That's right. I <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Bill, thank you as always for for your time, and have a great week. And uh, I guess we'll chat next Monday when it's going to be a real Monday. Looking forward to it. All right, thank you so much. Our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Lots to get into always with Bill. Lots of issues, lots of topics. We always run out of time, though. That's uh, the, the reality. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.